Hello, and welcome to Texas State Choirs Today. I'm Jonathan Babcock, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest for this episode is Mr. Derek Brookins. Mr. Brookins is the Vice President and Vocal Chair for the Texas Music Educators Association, and he has been an award-winning leader in Texas choral music education for over 20 years. Thank you for visiting us with today, Derek, and welcome to Texas State. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, you're going to be working with our kids in the next couple of days. You just got here to town. Right. But uh, it's, so most of them will be the listeners to our podcast. Okay. Uh, and since most of them are undergraduates, I like to start every episode just asking about your undergraduate experience. What, what was Derek Brookins like when he was just developing as a young choral music educator? Oh, where, oh, where, where did you do your undergraduate? I did my undergrad at the University of North Texas in Denton. And uh, what brought you to that that school? What was the well? Okay, actually, I didn't start my undergrad immediately after high school. Um, after high school, I worked as an entertainer for Carnival Cruise Line. Cool. I know. <laughs> People don't believe that, but it's true. I worked as an entertainer for Carnival Cruise Line. I had much longer hair. <laughs> I'll bet that was a great job. It was. Okay, when I was in high school, we took a trip, some senior trip, whatever, on a uh, cruise, and we were the entertainment. Well, I had a couple featured numbers, and the cruise director was like, hey, if you ever need a job, let me know. So I finished high school and called her. She's like, I do remember you. Come on down. So I worked, uh, the festival was my ship. And, and what was your day uh, like? What, what was a regular day for working on a Well, it was, ship? it was okay, my first couple of months was nerve-wracking and scary. Of course, I was 18. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, on a cruise ship with all these adult people and learning. And it was like trial by fire, the show business aspect. You know, if you don't have your stuff together, psh, you're out, buddy. And if you can't sing or know your part, we'll find somebody who will. Do they just throw you off the side of the ship if you don't know your part? Uh, at the or? next part, at the next port, they, they're out. Much, wow, pretty much. Well, that's, the, the, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, so where and, did you get to travel? Uh, Saint Croix, Saint Lucius. Uh, I think it was Jamaica. Yeah, Montego and all that stuff. And when you're working on the cruise, do you get to enjoy any of that? The first couple of weeks couple months whatever it was yeah that was fun and seeing all the pretty sights and the tours here rather but after you know 12 16 18 weeks of it you're like oh and there's st croix again <laughs> that's right <laughs> and i was like okay that's, so that's i'm not gonna get thing. off the port i'll you guys have fun do that stuff but um so, i had to grow up real quick and well, that probably helped a lot going into college. I, I think did. that that whole idea of a, a a break year, or a gap year, is right. a really good idea. It yeah. did. My mother uh, was an educator, and so she's like, "Look, if you're going to do this music thing, I need you to get a degree, and <laughs> like start really doing it." And I was like, "Okay, fine." Begrudgingly, so I actually started out actually at Texas Wesleyan University as a uh, opera major, okay, voice. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I love opera, and I love the study of it, but I just don't see me making a living at it. You know, just I didn't have the passion. And any teacher will tell you if it's not the only thing you can do, if it's if it's you live right. and breathe 
Correct. then you shouldn't do it. And that wasn't me for opera. And I realized that um, Texas Wesleyan is a great school, but it's a very small, very small, mm-hmm. you know, little private school. Um, I literally had the same teacher was my music theory, oral skills, piano, and choir director. Wow. Same guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a small program. It's a small program. And I, I realized um, this just did not fit my personality. I need to be in a bigger environment. Having come from, you know, the cruise ship where everything's bigger than life, and mm-hmm. I've been told that my personality is somewhat fitting of that. <laughs> uh, so a small program just didn't fit me. So now hindsight is always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So now you being you, what would you say to yourself when you were an undergrad now, what, what, what advice would you give? Oh, that if I can go back to my undergrad guy, uh, spend more time in the practice room. Mm. Yes. And more time. In the and more time in the practice room. And just because you passed your piano barrier doesn't mean you have to stop practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you hear Stay that, my the- conducting <laughs> class? You still have to play the piano. <laughs> you still have to play the piano past the barrier. Uh, I would say do more. Do more. Take it all in. Absorb it all. And learn how to be in the moment. Oh, how important is that? Learn that is how great to be advice. in the moment. Because we go, 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 go. And then we look back and it's like, what the hell just happened? And you want it back. And you want it back, and you can't get it back. <laughs> right. Learn to be in the moment. Um, I'm so glad you said that, because I, I I tell my students often, this is your one chance at this. Yes. You've, you've got this four years to do this. Yes. So take advantage of it. Take advantage everything. of it. Exactly. Where, in, where else in your life are there going to be 300 concerts a year around you? Exactly. Exactly. And so many wonderful musical resources within arm's reach. And talented faculty. And ta- yo, and, yes. yeah. Okay, can I tell you, real life does not exist that way. <laughs> so you're going to find yourself in positions where some of your colleagues may not be, you know, from the same resources you came from. And you're going to make the best of it. And so while you have all these close proximities, man, take advantage of it and really go for it. And stay in, we're in the practice room. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Yeah. I think we're going to just put that on a loop in the lobby of the building. One of the things I'm most excited to talk with you about is the time you sang Singing for Moses Hogan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's just such a giant. I mean, I don't even know if that really uh, says the right thing. But, you know, it, it, to us, he's so much more than a person. And tragically, he, he died mm. so early. Well, tell us about your experience singing with him. Well, actually, I was at UNT as an undergrad, and uh, one of my professors said, Hey, Derek, I just heard this group that I think you'd be interested in because, quite uh, frankly, there wasn't much at North Texas for an African-American choral person. Mm-hmm. Um, the people I studied in choral music, my choral lit classes, my rehearsals in choir, 
very seldom did I ever see me in the music. How interesting. Uh, and so, so she gave me the CD. It was the very first CD they made. And she says, I could be wrong, but I think they're going to be performing at the Southwest ACDA conference next month, Mm -hmm. which happened to be March. You should try to make your way down there. Well, I never been to a SWACTA conference. I didn't know anything about it. I was 21. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I drove to the Myerson. And I I shouldn't admit this on an iPod, uh, but I'm going to say it so i snuck into the convention <laughs> we forgive you we i was a poor you. college kid i snuck into the convention <laughs> and i sat into the mart in the marathon and i watched them perform it was life changing i felt my spirit burst into color i felt everything in me come alive it was the first time I'd seen a choral setting a choral ensemble of classically trained musicians who all looked like me yes of course I grew up in the church my dad's a preacher and so forth and I can do gospel I grew up that way I've been conducting choirs church choirs since I was 13 you could do it so you got up and did it right so, but to see classically trained, operatically, you know, whatever, trained singers, whoa. In man. a concert setting. In a concert setting. Well, they had probably, oh Lord, eight, nine standing ovations in the middle of their concert. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was just. Eru- and that's a rough crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just the crowd erupted. Almost every song was a standing ovation. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And so the concert ended, and I don't know what it was, but God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, there mm-hmm. was something in me that says, you need to go meet this man. So the usher at the Meyerson, because you have to have a badge, which I did not have a All badge right, because I snuck in. Badge. <laughs> uh, the usher at the Meyerson, I really owe her a favor, a debt, because... Uh, she says, you want to come back? And I was like, please. She goes, you need a badge. I said, I don't have a badge. You know, you know. <laughs> I said, can I just come in? So she let me in. Whoever that woman is, thank you. We'll have to make sure to get it to So her. there was a long line of people waiting to get his autograph and sign. I just stood in line patiently, whatever, and finally got to him. And I, I just wanted to shake his hand and just say thank you. And... I went to shake his hand and said, hi, my name is Derek Perkins. And I don't know what came over me. And I said, I'd love to audition for you one day if you ever have an opening. Oh, my goodness. And he said, how about now? And I uh, 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 was like, okay. (laughs) I was just kidding. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) really. So by this time, the Meyerson had cleared out and, you know, it was an empty room. Mm -hmm. He took me out onto the stage of the Morrison. And I'm 21. So sure. Scared to death. He took me out to the stage of the Morrison. He says, do you know the 24 Italian? Sure. Mm. So, of course, he had them all memorized because he was by trade a concert pianist. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. By tr- he had just recently won at the time uh, some 
Chopin contests in Hungary. Really? Uh, I didn't know that about him. uh, Because Oberlin, you know, was his uh, background. Um, By trade, he was a concert pianist. So he's like, you know, do you know the 24 Italian? And I said, I know a few of them, not all 24. (laughs) So he says, okay. So he started playing, and I, I sang Cario Mio Ben. Wow, your your audition for the yes the, on the, the stage tried of the and true. tried and true. Well, see now here is where the cruise ship mentality helped me. Trial by fire, you either have it or find somebody who won't who will. Right. So I just took on the mentality that I'm going to sing this, and even if I don't know all the words, I will fake it, but mm. I'll do it professionally, so you'll never know. <laughs> So I sang Cotton Mill Ben, I sang uh, Danza Danza, I sang uh, Se Tu Marami, uh, and I sang. Um, wow, he really, he really had you going. It must have been going well if he's after the first yeah, one. He I sang one. all four of those. And he, of course, he played them all from memory. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I hate you. Uh, and then he reached into his, his bag and pulled out something gets we'll see how you read and it was all handwritten stuff uh that he asked me to read which in hindsight i later realized what i was reading was his hand manuscript of a uh, joshua fifth the battle of jericho oh. but i didn't know what it was at right. the time so i'm just reading it uh-huh. and uh he says okay well we're on our way to paris and i'll call you when we get back will, will that be okay and I said, oh, yes, sir. You know, great. Mm-hmm. Well, I took that as, don't call me, we'll call you. Right. And But you know what? I was proud of myself Absolutely. for having done it. And, you know, I shook his hand. He gave me his business card. We exchanged numbers. And he goes, you know, we're leaving tomorrow for Paris. But, you know, I'll call you when you get back. And I, I really just thought it was a blow off. Mm-hmm. Well, about two, maybe three weeks later, um, I was living with my parents. And my mother knocks on my bedroom door at 6 a.m., which I learned at that time. Moses <laughs> is a morning person. <laughs> like, he, 4 a.m. is like, you know, 10 to him. So oh, 6 a.m., my mom knocks on the door, and um, she's like, Derek. I'm like, yes, because I'm asleep. She goes, somebody's on the phone for you. I said, who? She goes, I don't know, some guy named Moses. <laughs> well, I leap out of bed. And I try to clear my course at 6 a.m. I try to clear my throat as if I've been up all day. Warmed up Warmed already. up. And I'm like, well, hello. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, well, I told you I'd call you when we got back. And I'm calling you. Uh, we're going to start a recording session. Would you like to come down and sing? Like, wow. Yes, I would love to. Uh, he says, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'll get in the car now and drive to New Orleans. You know, he goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll send you a ticket. I'm like, you will? I guess, yeah, I'll send you a ticket. Like, this is real now. Yeah, I'm like, this is, okay, it just got real, right? So I'm like, okay. So three days later, they're an airplane ticket, and I pack up to go to New Orleans and meet the choir. And what, 13, 15 years later, there you go. My goodness. So, so, what was he he like as a man? I never got to meet him, unfortunately. 
But I mean, what, what was it about him? What what made his choir sound like that? What what was it about the man? Um. Wow, worth that would take more time. I think we have allotted. Um. Truly compassionate. A wonderful, wonderful soul of a man, you know. Um, his whole thing was that the music has to be authentic, and the music has to come from within you. And if you're fake, it'll come through in your song. Sure. Yeah. So you have to be alive. You have to give it life. Um. And his whole thing with with the spiritual and why it was so prominent. His thing was, if we don't sing, we being African Americans, if we don't sing our literature and our heritage and our cultural music, they were leaving somebody else that responsibility to tell our story. And you have a responsibility as an African-American vocalist to know your culture and your history. That's no different than uh, my Caucasian friend and sister who's learning her uh, British literature or her French motet. Well, you have to know your history and your culture with that too. That's like, okay. And, and, Easier said than done, but with it comes from the leadership. Yes, it, 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 and yes. I, I can only imagine that he lived that. That that oh, was yeah. his truth. Yeah. And above all, be musical. Um, one of the things I learned from him, which I share with my choir, is that uh, you know, musicality will cover many a multitudes, and. Um, it's taken from, okay, in the Bible, how it refers to that love covers a many multitude, meaning that sometimes, you know, you can be so in love that you can't really see what's really before you. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, we've all had friends or family members, and you're like, this guy's a jerk. Can't you see that? <laughs> you're like, no, but I just love him. Yeah, you know, because you're just, you're just, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Love covers Enamored. it. Musicality covers many multitude. They will forgive a wrong rhythm. They'll forgive a wrong note if it's sung and done passionately with expression and musicality and phrasing. And you give them an experience. Never just, never sing at a person. Give them an experience. Let them leave that time with you having gone through something. Leaving different than when they came in exactly um that experience that i had seeing them Mm -hmm. now we're giving that now i'm part of that that's giving that to other people um it definitely changed who i was as a human being and definitely as a musician and affected my choir because over the course of time i'd graduated college and started teaching and so uh for a long period of time my life was I would teach Monday through Thursday Thursday night go home pack because think about it in my ear were professional singers and a professional choral sound and so therefore I would translate and insist upon that sound as much as I possibly could with my choir so it 
definitely affected. Which goes when I interview young directors, one of the things I always ask in my questions is, who are you listening to? Currently, mm-hmm. because consciously or unconsciously, we mimic that which we hear. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, and I'm I'm amazed on one hand how many people I say kids going to the choral feel, but don't listen to choral music. That's usually a big X for me. You know, I I get on my I feel the same way, mm-hmm. and I, I you know I, I have a story that my conducting class second semester always hears about driving all the way to New York to go to the record store, the, the Tower Records yes, right yes, next to yes. Lincoln Center. Uh-huh. And we'd buy, very carefully choose the CDs. And then we'd listen to the CD over and over and over and over again because right. you know we went to such lengths to get right. it and we'd learn music that way. Sure. I think today it's, it's so out there. Everything is there. Right. You have to know how to find it. Right, you know, you know, but because you, you have so much for? out there, you really have no excuse not to. You're you're absolutely right, and they certainly can find the you latest. You can find hits anything. And, yeah. So, so you know, if I'm uh, talking to somebody and, and they say, "Well, I primarily listen to Chanticleer," which is great, that's mm-hmm. fine. Well, whether you are aware of it or not, that choral tone that you hear from Chanticleer is what you're trying to get from your group. Sure, it's consciously or unconsciously, it's, it's there. Uh, and of course, choral tone, the definition thereof changes the older you get and the longer you're in the business. You know, if I ask you, talk to me about what you want out of your choral tone today, I'm sure I get a different answer if I were to ask the you 20 years earlier. Sure. If for nothing else, you're more informed. Exactly. At this time. And, and your tastes change, change and, and thing, things move, move on. And, you know, th- what a what a tool for us to have to build that palette of color uh, yes. uh, that you know, we have those recordings. I, I, I yes. always, again, tell my students, listen to lots of different choirs at this listen point in your to, life. Yes. Listen to them all. Listen to them all. What I'm really taking from our conversation here is that you've never hesitated from reaching out for something. You've never you go for it rather than hesitating or saying no that I, I that's not the right thing you just go just full go out for and it. go for it. You know, you know, uh, what's the, the worst that could happen exactly the analogy i give to some of my kids and they think i'm crazy when i tell this um eat a peach <laughs> what does eat and a they're peach like mean? what is that what the heck does that mean and i said some people when they bite into a peach assuming it's right you know, you have the nice little nibble there and bite, okay, or nectarine, whatever. No, bite into it. Let the juices flow. Oh, down. all over. To, let it just fall into the pore. You have to take your sleeve and wipe your mouth with it. <laughs> That's how I see life. And something, sometimes it's a good decision, sometimes. It's, it's, but you'll it's, never know unless you try. Exactly. And life is long. But yes. there's so much time to yes. do so many things. And Why can, say no? Right. And you can be fearful, but still do it. Do Don't it let through the fear the stop fear. you. Yeah. Do it through the fear. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So speaking through the fear, mm-hmm. you're now serving as the vice president and vocal chair for the Texas Music Educators oh. Association. Ah. <laughs> Congratulations Thank you. for that. And we're really happy to have uh, your leadership. Uh 
Tell us about just what your responsibilities are in that role. Uh, okay, to my friends who are not musicians or music educators, they always ask, what exactly is it? <laughs> and I said, okay, basically I'm the head choir teacher for Texas. Look at it that mm-hmm. way. <laughs> yeah. To the non-musicians. They, they, oh, like, okay, so you're the lead choir teacher. Uh, I absolutely love, love, I am TMEA. Really? I, this is, I am TMEA. I'll tell you why. I grew up in Stop 6, Fort Worth, Texas. Now, Stop 6 is a primarily uh, African-American culture part of the neighborhood of uh, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. Southeast Fort Worth. Uh, it's called Stop 6 because it was the sixth stop of the Chisholm Trail. That okay, And it was the only stop where black people could live. So that's where the So it didn't even get a name. Uh, no, just and so it just came stop six. Mm-hmm. And over over the hood, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh when I was in high school and I wanted to do uh all region auditions, mm-hmm. I was truly the odd duck. Oh, sure. Uh, because, you know, that wasn't something that was popular, whatever sure. I wanted to do. And so I never imagined I would become an Allstater. Never thought it. What's an Allstater? In fact, I was terrified of the uh, the last audition because I'd like, I don't want to go to San Antonio. Oh, really? But, oh, yeah, I was terrified. But my high school choir teacher, Joan Lamb, who I loved, uh, she was like my second mom. She's like, you will do this, and you will give your best, and you will give all you have. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I did. Um, and so I got a chance to see and be exposed to a whole different world, to walk into a room where everybody was a choir person like me, where everybody was as passionate about choral music as I was. Wow. That opened my eyes completely to a whole different world. That is such a wonderful first for all of us when we, wherever yes. it is, that we reach that moment yes. that we're not the only one. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's. I used the phrase earlier. It's like your mo- your life suddenly turns into color. Remember that scene in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy opens the door and you go from black and white to color. Sure, that's the moment. Yeah. It's live your life when it just suddenly turns into color. And that was one of those moments for me. It's like, okay. And so I became passionate about the whole learning process and getting back to this choir event in San Antonio and what was all that. When I started teaching, I could motivate my kids to do that. And so, you know, I didn't have private voice lesson teachers when I first started. So it was... Me getting there, you know, two hours before school start, two hours after school ended, working with the kids and mm-hmm. plunking out notes and working diction and trying to figure out Russian and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and I will never forget my very first Allstater at, <laughs> at the area audition when they call out the number of the name of the kid, whatever. And... Uh, her name was Brooke. I'll never forget her. She's oh. now a mom, 30-something years old, two kids, I think. Anyway, so they got to her category, and 
they were going down one by one by one. And she just turned and looked at me, and we didn't hear her number. And they finally called her number as first chair. And she looked at me, and she burst into tears. And I burst into tears. We were just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I saw from the other side, now being the teacher, because I was the student going through that experience, mm-hmm. and now it's the teacher going through that experience. And it was like, yes, this is what it's all about. And so I became passionate with Team Yay from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I just, my life is, is Team Yay. And I realized that, you know, too much is given, much is required. And if you are worth a grain of salt, I would say, in this business, you must be in a position to give back. You have to be in a position to give back. And so I find now, today, as I, you know, approach 30, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going to go with that. You're you're 30? I know, I know. Uh, (laughs) How many, what anniversary of this is of my 21st birthday? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm passionate now with taking young teachers and uh, mentoring them and helping them get to that point with with their kids. Um. Yeah, I I just love it. I love it. And so, how are you using your position of as vice president to start an initiative or or follow that? What 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 are some of your goals as the vice president? Well, one of the show? things. Okay, so we began. Timmy began to look at the small school, uh, all state process, and. Um, one of the things I'd like to say, if, if I can leave a legacy, knock on wood with that. Uh, so my predecessors who all talked about it and worked with it, and it was a large undertaking. Um, so here's where I like to look at it. Janwin Overstreet Good conceived small school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynaminger birthed it. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, Bob Horton nurtured it. And Derek Brookins defined it because we weren't sure what is this animal and what does it look like and how will it function. And so that's one of the things that I I believe that my uh, work has done was to define small school and to give those kids the opportunity the same way. Um, It was definitely a learning experience, I will say, because we had this mentality that small school meant less talented. I, I, unfortunately, I do think that's how, how some yes. read it. And, and that's not the case at all. It's not, let's just say, jo- Johnny could be the best tenor in the state of Texas. He's 17. It's not his fault that his mom and dad choose to live in a very small rural town. He can't help it that he lives with his parents. And so what you're, you're saying is this tenor being in a small town w- would have a harder time getting into the large school? Oh, it was proven. They did the whole uh, scientific research and the lawyers and all the all the data. Now, if TMEA doesn't do anything, I can tell you they are data-driven. <laughs> well, that data, does data, it. data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the research showed that less than 1% of rural students were being represented in the Allstate process. Less than one. Well, that's not fair, is it? It's not fair. It's like, 
What? So those kids need a fair shake. So that's when we created the animal of small school. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I want to stress, small school does not mean less talented. No, I heard them last year. There's the, 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 the small school Allstate Choir was fantastic. Fabulous. I think it's one of the best Allstates we, you know, process we have. Um, it, it was really an interesting learning experience putting that together. I, I told a couple of my colleagues, you know, listening to some of the large school directors, and I was a large school director. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm speaking from my people. But listening to some of them speak about their feelings with regards to small school, if you took out the word choir, it sounded like we were in 1963 and you're saying these people should be on the back of the bus. Oh. Like, no. They, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. They have a right to sit at the counter, too. We are building and constructing society, mankind, humans. That's what we're doing. We're not just building robots that can add. Exactly. And, the, the, we're we're and, touching the, compassion and expression and emotion. And even scientists need to be creative. They yes. have to have creative thoughts. Yes. And everything that you need to be successful in life, you learn from choir. Maybe I'm biased. But I, <laughs> everything you need to be successful in life, you learn from choir. How's that? How to work well with others. With, suppose you get a job, you have nothing to do. You're not music at all. You're just working some IT job, whatever. You still need to learn how to work well with others, how to do teams, how to collaborate. That's important. How to do te- teamwork is taught in choir. Everything requires teamwork. The recent study we showed about um, the the blood pressure, uh, where a choral ensemble who's all breathing together at the same time, the same tempo, the heart rate and the blood pressure has become balanced and all together. Really? Yes. I just read that in the Coral Journal magazine. I thought, wow, oh, that's kind of cool. That. That but it makes cool. sense. It, it does completely make If we're sense. all breathing at the same time at the same rate, the heart mimics that. So you all, that's organization, that's teamwork, that's coming together. And it's music, too. It's music. <laughs> it it it's happens music. to be music exactly. as well. And you have to learn how to express yourself. One of the things, I mean, the first day of every choral rehearsal I had with high school kids, we have to learn how to shake hands. You'd be surprised people who don't know how to shake hands. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So you have to shake hand and introduce yourself to me. And, and did that take some guts? It takes, yes. Yes. But I, I love that that automatically creates connection with you yes. between the two of you. Yes. That, that student matters you're yes. not just a big group of 90 kids all but Correct. you 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 there in the third row of the tenor section you, you matter, matter. To too and i know your name and i know your exactly. mother and don't exactly. forget it <laughs> exactly 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 this has been such a great interview thank you so much for coming and taking the time to do this and i'm really looking forward to seeing what you do with our kids the next couple days i'm uh, really excited thank you for the opportunity everybody loves texas state students i'll, I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> everybody loves texas state students
This has been Texas State Choirs Today, the podcast for all things choir at Texas State. Our show's producer is Francis Nieves. Our audio engineer is Ian Flores. And Mark Erickson is our media consultant. Thank you so much. This is Jonathan Babcock. And remember to always keep singing. <laughs>